And now, welcome to Like a Boss. Insights with influencers, creatives, online entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. Here is your hostess, Heather Havenwood, Chief Sexy Boss, helping you rise to the top. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Hi, everyone. This is Heather Havenwood, and welcome to another edition of Like a Boss Insights with influencers, entrepreneurs, and badasses like you. So this interview is going to be quite interesting. It's going to be like a blast from the past a little bit, but also about the future of the baby boom market. So stay tuned. This is going to be really awesome. So first of all, all the way from Arizona, <laughs> Gene Green, are you there? I am. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Yeah. So I'm going to give everybody like a little... uh Fill in of who you are now in the world, and then I'm going to kind of give a connection to who you are in my past. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Uh, Gene Grenier is, okay, by the way, I keep messing up his name, and he just knows that. I already told him in the green room, I'm going to botch your name. He knows that, so just be done with it. Gene Guerrero is president of Residential Assisted Living Academy in Phoenix, Arizona, and has over 30 years experience in real estate investing and business. Today, Gene is focused on just one thing investing in the mega trend, mega trend of senior housing, having trained tens of thousands of investors and entrepreneurs over the past 25 years. He now specializes in helping others take advantage of this mega, did I say mega yet? Mega trend. Yeah, I say it with us. Mega. It's like Sharknado. You've said it at least three times. Right. I feel like I'm on Shark Tank, by the way. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know why. I feel like I'm in front of investors. I'm going, this is a mega trend, guys, seriously. Um, but you know, this interview is going to be about a mega trend and I am actually super excited to be interviewing poking around for my own personal selfish reasons. So that's always good for the listeners to know that I'm poking around for my selfish reasons. So that's cool. But before we get started, I kind of wanted to share a little like our past past. It's a good past. No, it's a great past. It's where I got started, you know? And, uh, but I will share just a little bit so people know, I, many people know the story. I got started, uh, traveling the country doing real estate seminars. Okay. And I was what I call the marketing team, AKA road crew, as we called it back then. And you were the speaker. And so the speaker were like the head of the, of the team. So everyone to be on Gene Grina's team. I just, that's how I remember you because you were like the best team to be on. And I never got on your team. I wasn't like the A team. So that's how I remember you. And so when you and I had this conversation, like God months ago, you reached out to me. I was like, why did I know your name? 
you know, and then you told me that you used to work for Dietech too. And so you and I actually never really crossed path. I think potentially at a, you know, maybe a Christmas party, you know, right. type thing. Right. Um, we never really officially met cause I wasn't on your team. I was, I was <laughs> on the team, you know, uh, but you were well known in that space as being just the guy, right. He knew what he was doing. He was a really badass entrepreneur. So I'm really honored. I'm really honored Gene, to actually interview you because that was, that was literally, that's, that's a blue mind horn here, but that's like 19 years ago. <laughs> yeah, long time ago. We're still young, Gene. We're still young. Well, speak for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I'll speak for myself. I'm still young, Gene. That's like an affirmation. <laughs> that's, that's, that's me more speaking into existence. Uh, okay, All right, so let's move into this mega trend. Mega yeah. trend. Uh, let's kind of get started. I know you, you've literally had years of experience in real estate, so you're welcome to go into that. But I, I kind of want to dive in if you're good with that. Like, I what am. actually do you mean by this mega trend? You know, there's uh, 77 million baby boomers. We talk about that all the time and 10,000 people a day turning 65, but there's 4,000 a day turning 85. And that's 1.4 million people every year turning 85 years old. Hundreds of thousands of them can't take care of themselves. They need help. So we have a solution for that problem. We call it residential assisted living. Turn single family homes into these assisted living homes. And we do that all over the country. Wow. Okay. So when you first shared this with me, and then of course I scoured your reps, your website, um, it really kind of opened my eyes because uh, my mother's no longer with us, but I remember we were going through something similar and trying to find her senior housing, but we didn't want to put her assisted quote unquote assisted living where, you know, she, she still wants to have a life and play bridge and, and whatnot. Is that the kind of I'm quoting by the way, my little air quotes, assisted living or what specifically Tell us a little bit more what that looks like. Is someone sure. going to be creating assisted living and that terminology, people like, what does that mean? So there's really three levels. One would be independent Perfect. living. So when you see a community that says adults only, 55 and above, that's not what we do. That's independent living. That's golf, pickleball, tennis. They take care of themselves, play bridge, have parties. Then there's nursing homes, which is on the far side. They need medical care. So nurses, doctors, gurneys. Not everybody needs that. So in between is where they have their housing taken care of and their mm -hmm. activities of daily living if they need help with things such as dressing, bathing, eating, medication management, and so on. So the individual who's in assisted living can't live on their own. They need some help, but they're not ready for a nursing home with medical attention. So mm -hmm. they're right in between. And that's what we mean by assisted living. Okay. So, but the uniqueness about your business um, opportunity here, as I call that, because it's really is a business opportunity, is that you're turning residential homes into a business. That, that's what's so unique about this. And so I probably explained that really wrong and you're going to explain it differently. So tell, tell us a little more what that is. Sure. And, and be careful on the word business opportunity. We know that, but the point okay, is the, it is a business in a single family home. And really I want you to, I'm going to give you a couple of word pictures, the golden okay. girl, so the show from the eighties, four mature women living together in a house, taking care of each other. It's mm. not that, but think that for a moment, but there's 10 seniors in that home or 12 or eight. There's a group of seniors and there's caregivers who are there. They come in and do shift work. Maybe they're live in but that caregiver is providing for taking care of those activities of daily living. So from a number standpoint, when we say the business and that opportunity, there's a real estate play on one side. You can own that real estate, lease it to an operator and or be the operator. 
and that operator, let me give you the numbers. I'll run them down really quick. Yeah. 4,000 per person per month is the average in the U.S. today. So if you have 10 seniors times four grand, that's 40,000 gross income in this single family home. Now, the expenses are going to be about 75% of that with the real estate and the care and everything included. So you're going to net, let's say, 20 to 30% of that gross income, which is 10,000, 12,000 per home. And that's an average home. We teach you how to do above average homes. Okay. So let's, okay. That's really interesting. So I, I, and I think I overstepped you on something. So you said it's 4,000 average per person. person. Okay. That's the average across the United States. It is. That's the average across the U.S. And that includes Medicare, Medicaid, which we do not deal with because that insurance, that's kind of like Section 8 for this industry. So not that it's bad. It's just it's not enough. The average person on Medicare, Medicaid in assisted living might be paying $2,000 a month. The average person in America is $4,000 a month. But the average listener right now for their parent or loved one, it's probably four to $8,000. That's kind of our sweet spot for private pay not covered by Medicare, Medicaid, somebody who is paying for it out of their own pocket. So 6,000 is kind of more of the average for the people in our homes. Okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. So $6,000 per person that covers things like, I'm just going to go down the list of like electricity and food and a caregiver 24 seven. Yeah. They're not tenants. They're actually residents. And what that means is they're living in the home 24 seven, everything is covered. So they're their care, most importantly, certainly their place to stay and all the food, all of the housekeeping, all of that. Yeah. But it's not a tenant landlord relationship. That's one. And then in addition, it's not nursing. So there's not nurses and doctors and gurneys. That's two. Interesting. Okay. So give me the name again, so I can make sure I have it right. It's, it's not independent living. It's not, it's what you call assisted living. Assisted living. So in, and just so you know, across the country, they call this many different things. So Florida, for instance, they call it an ALF, assisted living facility. Uh, Colorado, it's called an ALR, assisted living residence. Georgia, it's called a personal care home. In California, it's called an RCFE, residential care for the elderly. So it's important to know those terms because if you were to go and say, I want to open an assisted living facility in California, they're going to say, you can't do that in a residential home. You need to know the terms of what it is. But it's yes. a single family home, little bit of conversion inside, and then the caregiving and the residence. And it's a, it's a wonderful situation to help people. You know, by the way, we had a little conversation before, and I know uh, my parents, when they needed help, I couldn't find what I was looking for, a home. All I could find was a big box facility that is nameless, faceless, smells like yeah. neglect as soon as you walk through the front door. Yeah. Uh, well, that's when I vowed to create this solution, and I'm so glad I did. So that's interesting to me. So let's just, I'm going to go down the numbers for just a second. Then I kind of want to go into um, some results of, of people that you've worked with. So first of all, let's do numbers. So I'm just thinking of an average home, three bedroom, two bath house, right? That's kind of an average home in the, in the burbs. You saw one of those. How, how would you take that home and, and, and turn that into money? And how many people are allowed to be in that three, two? Does that make sense? How many people are you allowed? Absolutely. So first of all, before you get to the house, the structure, the bricks and sticks, it's the location that is critically important. Okay. So that that house, I may scrape away and build something new that's really right for this. So let me explain what I mean. The bedrooms, you can have two people in a room semi-private. Some states do allow more than that. I don't recommend it. We're not warehousing grandma. 
I like private bedrooms. People will pay more, that's what they'd rather have. But if you have a room that's big enough for single or double, that's good. And there is some size restriction. So really what I look at is not how many bedrooms and bathrooms, but the square footage. So if you have a home that is, and let's think a little bigger, 4,000 square feet, we can easily get 10 or 12 residents in there. The state will allow you to do it with 1,500, 1,800 square feet, the state minimum requirements for this. But that's crowded. It's not comfortable. My homes are four or five, 6,000 square feet. So it's a much nicer home in a nicer neighborhood being used for this purpose. If you only had a 3-2, theoretically, you could have six people. But that's a relatively small home. It's going to be hard to make money, frankly, with a six-bed home. Uh, most people who are mom-and-pop operators where the kids move down, they have extra bedrooms. That's what they do. They live in a back bedroom, rent out three more they make 15000 gross income a month, and they live free and think they're happy, and they don't own a business that owns them. That's not yeah. what we do. We okay, that's not, that's not what you do. Okay. Right. Keep going. So, so tell me more about that. So I just want to reiterate what I just heard. So your average home that you suggest is between four and 6,000 square feet. Well, and that- I'm going to give you another rule of thumb. 300 square feet of living space per resident is very ah. comfortable. So 3,000 okay. square foot home, 10 or 12 people works. 10 to 12 people works between a 4,000 square foot house. Sure. You wow. could have more, but 300 okay. square feet of living space. Because for instance, I'm in a, I'm in my home right now. It's a big home, 6,000 square feet, but there's only three bedrooms, but you could take space and convert it. So don't limit yourself to the house. Frankly, I want you to start back. It's the location. The big, the big thing that uh, people screw up on this, Heather, is they say, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm going to get a house, fill it with seniors, get a babysitter, and walk away, and I'm done. No, that's not what this is. If you want to do this right, it's all about the location. Where are those seniors? And your demographic is me. 50, 60-year-old, the parent is 80, 90-year-old. We're the client. We're the ones who are going to choose the home right. and pay for it. Mom and dad, they'd rather be at home, but they can't. So they're going to move into the home that the kids, quote-unquote, pick for them and pay for them. Interesting. Okay. That's really interesting. So I just, I'm trying to wrap my head around 10 to 12 people in a 4,000 square foot house. How many bedrooms, we obviously have to do some conversion in the home. Yeah. Uh, so how many bedrooms would you create there in that situation? Well, my home that is 4,000 square feet, it's got 10 bedrooms. So that 10 bedroom uh, home that we use for a care home, when you think 10 bedrooms, the bedroom's relatively small, meaning Legally, for a private room, most across the country, the requirements are 100 square feet of usable floor space, 10 by 10. That's a small child's bedroom as far as I'm concerned. I want it bigger. But garage has been converted to bedroom space, addition put on to add bedroom space. So that home that started off probably at 2,200 square feet years ago with four bedrooms and two bathrooms now is 4,000 square feet with 10 bedrooms and six bathrooms. Okay. That was my next question about bathrooms. I'm just going to go there. Okay. So is there a state requirement for that or suggestion that you suggest? Most states require somewhere between six and eight people per bathroom. So if you had 10 people, you need at least two bathrooms. That's the state minimums. And you can tell by that, even that comment that the state minimums are really bare minimum. I teach and want you to do a whole lot more than that. So we have as many private bed bathrooms as we can, but uh, six bedrooms, six bathrooms in a home. Another home we have is 6,400 square feet with, uh, it's actually got 11 bedrooms in case there's a, a visiting uh, out-of-state out child coming to visit. They can stay right there at the home, but that home has 
11 bedrooms and 12 bathrooms. So adding bathrooms is something that, you know, people think, oh, it's really expensive, but let me break it down numbers wise because you get that. If it costs you five grand to install a bathroom and you can charge $500 a month more because you have a private bathroom, well, it pays for itself in 10 months. That's a no brainer. So those are the kind of things we do. Wow. Okay. And so in your, you have courses there in Arizona and you actually teach all the details of this and the legalities because that's really critical is the legalities. I used to do some work with a seniorlist.com and that was a big thing. I actually did an interview of a woman who literally talks about how every single state, like you said, every single state is different in dealing with seniors and the difference between assisted living and dependent living, like all those things. I literally had an hour interview with her. It was, it was really eye opening and how much every single state was different. Cause I think people think it's just on a general level. It's, it's federal. And he, she was like, no, it's very specific to state. Is that something that you uh, talk about in your academy? You know, it's really interesting because it's certainly number one is not federal. The federal government is not involved. It is state specific and even local, but it's yeah. not that complicated. And that's what is really interesting to me is a lot of people who are in real estate or business say, oh, I have to get a license. That's it. I'm out. Oh, there's paperwork. I have to fill out. I'm out. The bar- the barrier to entry, uh, I like it, frankly, because, you know, it, it keeps a lot of people out who are not willing to put in some effort, but it's not that complicated. Real- reality is most people buy properties and rent them out. And there's all kinds of legal rules and regulations, but they don't even think twice. We have to do this. Of course, you need to have that. You need to have a a lease and it has to say, it's not that complicated. So it is different state by state, but generically, 100 square feet for a private bedroom, 80 square feet per person in a shared room. It needs to be senior safe, not ADA compliant, which means smoke detectors, maybe sprinklers or fire suppression. And frankly, even if the state doesn't require it, I suggest you do it. Uh, the caregivers need training. Some states, it's fog a mirror and 18 years old and you're in. Other states, like my state, it's 104 hours of training, TV test, background check, fingerprint card. The manager needs to be qualified. So we teach you all of that. And, and uh, you know, you know how it is when somebody's done it before and they know how to teach, which I do, it's, it's fun to share it with somebody else and show them here's what to do step by step. Yeah. And that's exactly what we do. So and currently you are owner in, um, of these kind of facilities in Arizona, right? In Arizona, we own and operate, and then we invest in projects across the country. Oh, you do? Okay, great. So you are dealing with other states' legalities. I'm assuming you're dealing with this in Texas and Florida? Actually, absolutely. I yeah. was just in, I just got back from a 13-day tour. I was in Texas, and uh, I was in Atlanta and Florida and L.A. So we know the rules and regulations all across the country. Nice. Okay. Well, that's important, right? That's really important in this, this process. So, okay. So who is this for? Like if someone's listening, going, how much would I need? Cause it sounds like maybe the build out potentially is a commercial grade. You know, is this something that I can do as someone who's like, oh, I'd like to invest in real estate. It sounds like flipping would be better or something. I don't know what they're thinking, but something like that, this sounds like too much work or maybe too much for me to attain. Can you speak to that? Yeah. And you asked kind of two general questions. One is who is it for? And the other one is, you know, what does it take? Uh, So let's go with the, what does it take? You know, as well as I know in your real estate background, you can do it with or without your own money. My first property was no money down. Wasn't that there was no money. It just wasn't my money. I was 18. I had no credit, no clue, let alone cash. Uh, But my last property was no money down as well, because I know how to use other people's money. 
So there is three parts to it. Buy the real estate, so acquire whether you rent it or own it. Then there is the renovation or changes that you may do. And then there's the blue sky. Whenever you're starting up a business, there's negative cash flow at the beginning. If you don't know that, you will figure that out. That's one of the biggest mistakes business people make is they're undercapitalized. So those are the three elements and you can do it with residential financing on the real estate. So when I say residential, go to a normal quote unquote bank, non-owner occupied, typically 20% down, and then they'll lend you the rest because frankly, it's just a rental property. Once you convert it, that conversion, who pays for that? It could be all kinds of bank loans and so on. But once it's converted and they come back to reappraise for other financing, Mm -hmm. that's when they're going to look at it and say, okay, grab bars, grandmas, something's different here. But we teach how to use government funding, which is SBA, USDA, regular quote unquote banks, residential and commercial. Then we do private investors, syndication, as well as crowdfunding. So there's any number of ways to do this. And there's so much money that wants to get in this game into senior housing and assisted living. It's incredible. So knowing where to do it, how to do it, having a business plan, presenting yourself properly, getting the capital is not really the issue. Did you say crowdfunding? Did I hear that right, Gene? Yeah, you can. I don't really like that, frankly, because Frank, I say don't have partners unless you need partners. And can you imagine having a thousand people that put up their last thousand dollars to help you with something? It's like, I don't want that, but you can do that. So we'll, we'll, Give you the basics. Yeah, I, I, my little, I don't know the rules, so please forgive me. This is just my own stuff. My little red flag because I was now we're dealing with investing SEC. I just would stay. I mean, like it's just, I know someone who did something similar to that years ago, um, and they just got in trouble. <laughs> well, but they, they change the rules. You can go to places like Crowd Street and other places that do it for real estate projects all the time. Oh, okay, interesting. I'm not saying that I do it. It's just one of the ways to do it. I like private lenders and investors, frankly, because. There's so much money out there and if it's sitting in the bank, they already told you they're willing to accept zero interest for their money. So if you paid them 4%, that's a heck of a lot better than their bank is paying them today. Nice. Let me, let me answer the other question because it's a great one. Who is this for? And I get asked all the time as I do interviews and so on, if I'm brand new, is this something for me? And, And my response is simply, you may as well start off where I ended up. I mean, I've been doing real estate. It's actually 40 years this June. So uh, 40 years of real estate experience, and I've done fix and flip, buy and hold, wholesale, single family, multifamily, commercial. So right now I do one thing, and that's senior housing. It's because it's where the puck is going. It's not what worked 10 years ago or 20 years ago. It's what's working now and for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. So everybody can get involved, but I think the real, the real best person, if you will, is that person who's already done some real estate. Maybe they've already got some other type of business experience. And they're looking at this saying, you know, I'm not in this for a transaction to buy it, sell it. Now I'm out of business. I got to go find another. They want something more long term, but a single family home making a hundred dollars a door isn't enough. They want something significant. And they're also at a point in their life where they want to do something good. They want to leave something behind. Uh, So this kind of wraps it all up. Our motto is do good and do well, not just make Mm -hmm. a bunch of money, but also do something good. And when you have a home and you're providing this service, not only can you make ten, fifteen thousand net per month from a single family home, but you're literally helping dozens and ultimately hundreds and thousands of people who will be coming through that home and their families. So it's a wonderful place to be. Well, that's pretty impressive. And I agree with you. It's it's I love that which is it, do well and do good and do well. Do good and do well. I love that. That's very good. You must be in marketing too. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> 
<laughs> um, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, that's really awesome. So can you give, give us some just ideas of some of your, either your students or yourself and, and kind of their success stories? Yeah. You know, I, you know, as soon as you said that, who comes to my mind is a young lady named Carla Lee. She was in her twenties. She came to our three day training in Arizona and I think somebody kind of sent her there saying, here, you're not doing anything. Check this out. And I remember her sitting there with her arms folded on day one. Day two, we get in a bus. We go see the homes. And you see it from the inside out, the context for the content. And when she came back, it was like, boom. All of a sudden, it just opened up. She's like, I get it. Now that I've seen it, I can do it. She went out, had her first home in five months. She had nine homes within two years. And then she packaged them and sold them off. Uh, so it's really cool because you can scale and sell it off. And then we've got people like Lowe, another friend of mine from Texas who started, he was more on the business side. He came in, did his first home, second home, third home. I said, Lowe, what are you, what are you thinking? What are you experiencing? And he said, Gene, it's like I have 20 new grandmas. And I thought that was so cool. Right. And his business mind went to, I'm helping people, but now he has five of those homes in Texas and he's doing a larger community in Louisiana and the larger community in Texas. Uh, so we have people that do it as husband and wives, people that do it individually. Myself, it's, it's now a family owned and operated business because I own and operate the, business, the homes, but my kids are now involved. So my oldest daughter, my second oldest daughter, my oldest son, my son-in-law, my daughter-in-law, I've got two brothers, I've got... We've got about 25 people involved in everything we do at the academy. And wow. on the home side, uh, we have all of the staff there too. And I treat them like family as well. Oh, wow. That's very impressive. And I love the story of, is it Carly you said? Carla Lee. Carla yeah. Lee. Oh, I love that. Um, so what's the demand like? That's my first question. The second question is you talk about location um, and when to talk about the different states and location in a, in a city, burbs, things like that. But what's the demand like? Are you, since you're putting yourself out there really as the academy, do you get calls for demand? Oh my goodness. Uh, right now, when you say demand, let's First of all, I guarantee everybody who's listening and watching is going to get involved in senior housing one way or the other. You're either going to own the real estate, the business, or you or a family member is going to be lying in a bed writing a check to somebody who does. So the demand on the customer side is huge. Uh, we had poker last night with some of the buds, and one of them is a placement agent. He places seniors in homes. And he said, Gene, we have been inundated recently with people who need homes. My homes are full. My the homes that I know are full. There's no room in the end. There's a crisis on some to some people. For us, it's just a bigger opportunity, but it's not stopping. When you look at a chart, you talk about the baby boom generation. It starts in 1946. It's literally a spike and it's just continuing to move across the chart. Those people, many of them are going to move into assisted living and it is a huge current opportunity and great for the next 10, 20 years. Wow. Okay. Got to go. I'm going to go do right now. <laughs> I get excited when I see things like that of the demand and actually happening because nowadays there's just so much volatility and other different kinds of investments and things like that with technology. So um, give us an idea. People do live there. They are residents. They're not tenants. There's definitely a distinction there. Oh, next, before I go into that, hold on. I'm going to move. I, I went down in the rabbit hole. I do want to talk about locations, right? So you said location, right? Is there a specific, have you looked at certain towns or cities that are better? to do this versus based on real estate pricing, taxes, things like that? You know, being originally from upstate New York, you, when you're in New England or New York, you almost feel like you're required to us to move to Florida when you're 65, right? 
So there are a lot of retired people in Florida, in Arizona, in Texas. It's warmer, but most people throughout the country stay in place. They stay at home. They stay where their kids are and their grandkids are. Uh, and even if they did move to Florida, when it comes time for them to need help, they probably move back closer to the kids. So this can be done any place in the country. I actually travel internationally as well, teaching on this. And people, the, the baby boom, that's just it. The world war was a world war, not a local, not a U.S. The baby boom is all over the world. This is a need that is worldwide, not just U.S. centric. Uh, but some states are easier to do business in. Texas is great. California, more difficult. Still huge opportunity. New York's a pain in the butt. Huge opportunity, but they make things difficult. So I go for the low-hanging fruit. Let's go where it's easier. Uh, but there's lots of communities that need this. And we've had students do it in towns of a 1,000 people. And then students do it in you know downtowns of major cities as well. Oh, really? And like a downtown. That was my next question. I'm thinking of homes. I'm assuming you'd want a home that's a single family, um, a single family, excuse me, a single story, not two stories for obvious reasons. Yeah, if you can, absolutely. For obvious reasons, the seniors with mobility issues. But a lot of homes around the country are the inventory, the stock is two and three story homes. So my grandmother in Connecticut, she climbed the stairs to her bedroom until she was 100 years old. Wow. Uh, yeah. So after that, they moved the bed downstairs into the dining room. But the, the reality is, is uh, you can do chairlifts, you can do elevators, but you can do it in a multi-story home, but single level certainly is best. Yeah, certainly. So uh, I live in Austin, obviously, and the real estate's crazy here, has been for the last couple of years. Um, and I think Texas is a great location for buying and selling real estate still. Um, what are you, I'm not asking for, I'm asking for you like your lowdown. So um, <laughs> as there's, what do you think of Texas just in general or central Texas or certain areas of Texas? East? Right. Number one, you, uh, you know, na- nationally, I was just in California. It's a pain in the butt. And I have to tell those people, you guys don't realize you're in a bubble and it's silly, right? You're paying too much and it's crazy. Texas is one of those states where it's like, you guys don't realize how good you have it. The state is business friendly. Um, they have, I like rules and regulations because then I know how to deal with it or how to get around it or how to move, maneuver within that. So Texas actually has it down. You can have up to 16 people in a single family home in the state of Texas. In a lot of areas in Texas, there is zero zoning. You can have a morgue next to a school, next to a barber shop, next to a bond salesman. But in Austin, for instance, when you're in the city limits, now they will restrict certain things. So it's a great place to be. But when I say restrict, meaning you can only have, let's say, eight people in that single family home in the neighborhood mm-hmm. in Austin. So you can do two mm-hmm. homes next to each other and have the economies of scale. We just need to know what the rules are so we can play by the rules of the game. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, in, I'm in the city limits for sure. I'm downtown Austin. So uh, here's another thing I want to say, because you you will catch this, but others may not. You can pay full retail for the real estate and still do just fine. See, a lot of people getting into real estate, they always hear you make money when you buy. You make right, money the wholesale, flip it, it, right. We're going to buy it here and sell it here. And in this one, it doesn't, I don't want to say it that way, but it almost doesn't matter what you pay for the real estate because it's not the value of the real estate, it's the cash flow that counts. So whether the real estate goes up and down in value, the cash flow is really what we're talking about. So, and that, okay. So this is, so usually let's say, for example, I buy one, this would be a second property. I would still go the, what I call regular mortgage route, or I would try to go commercial. Anytime you can borrow money cheap, low rate, long-term do it. Uh, So go there if you can, if they say no, then we'll go other routes, but that is definitely going to be my first choice. If you can. 
Okay. Okay. For this kind of property, right? Because it's, it's, would, it, would you say that you're moving it into a commercial space? Every state zoning is, is state specific and community specific. So it's still residential, single family. It is. Not, okay. And it's not, we're going to rezone it as commercial, but it okay. might be R1 becomes R4, which means we can use it for, for this group home purpose. For some states, it's just filling paperwork, pass it across the counter with a $50 check and we're done. For other states, it's, we now need to have a hearing with the neighbors to see if they are okay with it. Uh, other states uh, have different rules. So you get the point. It's state specific. Okay. Not as complicated as people think. And frankly, if they give you a hard time over here, just move across the street and do it over there. Right. Okay. Good. So we're, you're not turning the property zoning of the property from residential to commercial, right? Nope. Because that has a whole other layer of rules and regulations and ADA. And like, you know, there's a whole other world that opens up around that. Okay. Wow. That's really fascinating. Um, okay. I just want to real quickly drop down a website that you can go to and check more of this information out. That's ral101.com. I say that again, it's R as in Ralph, or real estate, A as in academy and L as in living, right. And then 101.com. So ral101.com. And what will they find there? You know, I uh, wrote a book recently called The Investors, The Insider's Guide to Investing in Senior Housing. It's on Amazon. They can buy it or go to that website and you can download a copy for nice. free. And I've also got another webinar there that you can watch. And then if you just want to have a conversation to discover if this is the right thing for you, because I know some of your listeners right now are going, man, this is great. I've been thinking about this. I was waiting for somebody who would finally teach me. Well, I'm willing to do that. And you can either get the book, watch the webinar and or give us a call and we'll have a conversation. Love it. Yeah, that's true. And so I already told you in the green room, as I call it, me and my sister are probably going to be showing up uh, there because we, we dealt, my mom um, had issues early on. So we were dealing with things like this when she was in her fifties and we were definitely younger. Um, and so we've been dealing with this kind of thing in assisted living, but you know, not independent living, assisted living kind of situation for, a, for, a really long time. And now, you know, my, my, my mom did pass away at the age of 67. However, up until that point, you know, I think this kind of home would have been perfect for her because it's small eight to 10 people, you know, right. and it would have been fun and, and a place that she could have friends and connect and things like that, but also have, um, caregiving, you know, that we didn't have to be there when we were 20, when we were in our twenties and thirties, we were, you know, having to be adults, right? Adult parents. And we didn't, we didn't do very, I don't want to say we do bad at it, but we weren't the best. Right. So I think we had to learn the, that part of the business kind of, uh, quicker than most people do. Right. And so it's a, it's a, it's a part of my life that is important. So I can see now when people say to me that, you know, they are dealing with their um, parent, and I, I, I understand that pain. It's troublesome you know, it's troublesome. You, wouldn't it be better to have a home like yours? Hey, there's show around, there's eight or 10 people, 12 people. And this is the community. It's a family atmosphere. We're all friends. We're all connected. We all spend time together. That's just such a more loving space than that nameless, faceless, oh, here's a room, you know, kind of place. I just think. I appreciate you sharing that. And I, you know, I'm really glad you did because people listening or maybe thinking this is all about the money or that's what I'm thinking or, it's a real estate play. No, it's, it's people, it's humans that need love. They need community. And that's the do good part. So the yeah. idea of really helping other people, it's important because I'm sorry to hear that about your mom because she was really young, you know, and it's uh, my mom, 89 when she passed away. And 
you know, you never want a mom or a dad to pass away. You don't want to have them leave. Now, I happen to believe it's funny when people say, Gene, I'm sorry you lost your mom. And I say, I didn't lose her. I know exactly where she is. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> Uh, we can have that conversation too, but the the point is, this is real stuff, and I I thank you for sharing that. Yeah, well, it's it is true, and that's one thing that we had a hard time placing her because she was younger than most people go into that kind of environment. So she was like, everyone's so much older, you know. And then she didn't have that community, and she wanted to connect, and so there was a lot of issues with that. But um, I understand that you don't always want to just put your mom or your dad, someone you obviously adore into just some random home and leave them. You know, that's not who you are and who you want to do that for myself anyway. And I think that that's an important piece. Um, And a lot of people keep them in their home and then there's challenges with that. And so anyway, I think this is is obviously a good opportunity from a business perspective. And, but it's also a good opportunity to helping other people and more people. And I love the fact that you have really thought this through and you do come from 40 years experience in real estate. I do want to kind of say that is that, you know, there's a lot of real estate investors out there that go, I've been doing real estate for five years and now I'm this guru or whatever. I mean, you got to get this gene. You like been around a very long time, been through how many recessions and back and up down, yeah. you know, you've seen yeah. how things play out and you think it through logistically and legally, which is powerful. A lot of people don't, they only go from that buy low, sell high, well, duh. You know, there's all this other legalities that if you're not up on, it will break you in real estate. And I just love it. I don't want to leave it on a downer, but the point is I totally agree with you. The idea of experience is important, but also anybody who's listening, even if they're 20, the idea of thinking about the future, what do you really want? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I always ask people, what do you want? And they always say money. Well, why? And you keep digging on the why and it gets down to something more core and base. And that's really mm-hmm. important. But really, if it's the money, do you want just transactions where you make 10, 20 grand at a time and then you got to go do it again? Or do you want residual income? And, uh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki is a name that we all know, but his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is all about getting out of the rat race. So I ask people all the time, what's your number? How much do you need to be financially free? And really, when we say financially free, what that means is you got your time. You do whatever you want, wherever you want, with who you want, for as long as you want. So if your number is 10 grand or less, you can do it with a single family home with residential assisted living. Mm. So let me ask you a quick question. When you're teaching at the academy, is it more like you're teaching, you have the systems, you have all the structures in the system are in a way, I don't you want to use the word franchise here because that can be a legal term, but you have the systems, you're teaching the systems so they can they can actually go from there and really take off when they get home. Yes. The training itself is designed to be an immersion training. When you come in and you come out, you've learned everything it is you need to know about this. Uh, And it's not a franchise, but, and I did that specifically because people, I only see the benefit for me. If I'm the franchisor, great. You got to call it what I want you to call it. You got to do it exactly my way and you got to pay me up front and forever. I actually consult with, franchises in this industry. I've I've got a call with somebody tomorrow, exactly that. They're franchising this right here and they want my consultation. And I'm like, great, I'm I'm willing to do that, show you how, but I'd rather teach somebody how to do it on their own the way they want to. They keep it all. There's a huge amount of opportunity in this for everybody who's involved. And I also want to say those of you who are thinking bigger, you know, if you're listening to Heather, I know you're thinking bigger. It's not just one house, one deal. You're thinking bigger and you're, she's exploding your mind as in what you can do and how big this can be. Because there's some people that are thinking, hey, I could do 10 of these homes or 100 of these homes 
or a thousand of these homes. And the bigger you get, the more the big money is going to want to buy you out at a huge multiple that is crazy for them. It's normal for us. Yeah. You want to pay me 200 million for all that? You got it. You You got it, right? No problem. I'll be there with with a check and I'll cash it. (laughs) Yeah, that's something to consider this. this, There is another play to this, meaning you could, if you do it right with your advice and counsel, you could sell this to a larger bank portfolio is what I'm hearing you say. There's, There's an out as well that's potentially bigger if, if done correctly is what I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But done correctly, right? And done correctly the way you teach it. And I think that's really important. And um, I just love that you're doing this. I think you're, you're helping people. You help people make money. You're helping people make the future of them, of their life. Um, but also you're helping many grandmas and grandpas out there having <laughs> a safe place you know, a safe place to live and a place for people to come and visit them. So I could talk forever with you. I just want to make sure people know where to go. That's RAL101.com. Again, that's RAL101.com. Gene, just last words. You know, I think everybody needs to think about what is your passion? What do you love to do? Where do you want to be in the future? And then be thinking about, you know, again, I'm older. So the point is listening or talking to people about, time. It's going faster than we all imagine. And before you know, your kids are having kids and it's amazing how fast it goes. So find something you're passionate about. If you want to help other people and make a lot of money, this is a great place to be. And I'm also going to drop this last one on you. Everybody should do at least one of these homes. If nothing else, if you have a parent or a loved one, they can move into the master bedroom and live for free. And when it's time for you to move in, you can move in, live for free and leave a blessing to your kids. They Mm. get income as opposed to stripping away all of all the things you've worked hard for for generation. You can pass on that blessing and not leave them with a burden. So do at least. So true. That's very true. I love that. At least do one for your, for mom and then she can live for free. I mean, minimum, right? You start there. So uh, thank you so much, Gene, for your time. I really appreciate it. Your website, again, is ral101.com. Go check it out for more information. Um, he has his book as, out as well. You go see it all there. Again, this is Heather Havenwood. Well, thank you for listening. You can find us at Spotify, iHeartRadio, as well as 17 national stations across the country. You can find me also at heatherhavenwood.com. Hi, right, everyone. This is Heather Havenwood. Check us out. Bye. Are you a coach, consultant, small business owner, or online entrepreneur? Do you want to significantly grow your business, triple your list, and double your sales conversions? If the answer is yes, then launching a podcast is the next step. You see, being an expert in your field, having a website is no longer enough to be noticed in today's marketplace. I call it the influencer effect. Being an influencer is the key. You see, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And having your own podcast helps people to connect with you. If you're interested in having me help you launch your own podcast, grow your influence, and promote your business, then go to InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. That's InfluencerGrowthFormula.com. And let me help you rise to the top. Thank you for listening to Like a Boss, helping you rise to the top. Join Heather's Mastermind at InfluencerTribe.com, where she helps you become an influencer and dominate your field. Follow Heather Havenwood on Instagram. Interested in interviewing or scheduling a call with Heather? Go to CallWithHeather.com. 
For more, go to heatherhavenwood.com.